to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Hello. Welcome to July. It's the best month of the year, right? There's footy playing. There are significant people's birthdays on in July. Hey, Tom Hawks. Hey, Pastor Cherry Schroeder. And it's winter, and winter is my favorite season of the year. I love winter, although I have to say my love affair with winter has been tested over this last month. How cold has it been? My goodness, it has been freezing at men's camp at the start of June. On the Friday night after the first session, it was freezing. In the morning when we went out for devotion with Pastor Steve Ma, there was this fog, this mist, and, and maybe a photo's coming up now. Uh, all around the, the grassed area where we were meeting, it was freezing. And Karen and I and, and some of the people from this church have just come back from a, a Pilbara trip, and most people think, oh, are you going up into the desert? It's going to be nice and warm. It wasn't. It was freezing. This, this cold breeze was whipping out from the desert and we're working and we're sweating and we're taking our jumpers off and then a minute later we are freezing and putting our jumpers back on. And then we get back from driving through the night to get back to Perth and we get back to the coldest morning in the last two years. 0.5 degrees. It was 4.30am on a Tuesday morning. It was freezing. Now all you want to do when you're cold, is get warm, right? And whether that be putting more layers on or, or getting out of the cold and in, in, into a, a warmer space, we want to get warm, but nothing gets you warm when you're cold like a fire, a beautiful fire. You can be in the most freezing of elements, but when we position ourselves near a fire, everything changes. And over the last month, I've got two vivid images of the impact of fire. And it was at men's camp. And after the first session on the Friday night, and it was freezing. And John Constantopoulos, what a legend. He had put together with Anton, he'd put together and started this beautiful bonfire. And all the guys went over to this bonfire. And these macho, strong men all huddled together around this fire, dependent upon this fire, mesmerized by this fire, needing the, the warmth of the fire to help them feel better. That's my first vivid picture, and maybe there's a, a picture coming up for you now. And the other one is actually in the Pilbara, on our Pilbara trip, and on the Friday night, we're with our, our, the leaders of C3 Jigalong, and we, we cooked dinner for them, and we hung out with them, and we did some discussion. Then we, we began to pray for the leaders and, and all the team was, was, was dispersed and praying for different leaders and I'm praying for this person then I just happened to look up and on the other side of the road of the church, there's a fire. There's this fire that's just kind of started out of the blue and I'm like, okay, there's a fire. And I, my first thought was, oh, at least the kids, our kids are at the church and so I, I quickly scan around and our kids aren't there. And then I take another look over at the fire and our kids are over at the fire and our two youngest members, the two youngest members of our team, Toby Camilleri, who's four years old, and Lucy Gould, who's five years old, I just see them walking across the road <laughs> from the church towards the fire. It's like they're hypnotized and they're like, we must go to the fire 
and they're walking over to the fire, and I, I quickly get Duncan, who's Toby's dad's, his attention. I'm like, Duncan, Duncan. And we're praying for people. There's a fire. There's a fire. And, he's like, and then he looks over, and he takes this massive double take. And he's like, there's a fire. And he bolts over there and starts trying to put it out, move all the kids away. Apparently, it's a thing. They, they start shrub fires up in the Pilbrets, what they do up in Jigalong, and they're safe and it's fine, but the kids are just gathered. They're mesmerized by a fire. All you want to do when it's cold is get warm. And when you're thinking about this in terms of our faith, sometimes we get cold, right? Sometimes we get cold depending on circumstances around us depending on what's going on internally for us, we can get a little bit icy, a little bit cold in our faith. And it's important that you and I, whether we're in a season of being cold, whether we're warm, whether we're hot, that we're continuing to find fire that can warm us up, that can bring fresh heat and fire in our journey as Christians, right? And I've certainly experienced all those seasons in my faith on my journey, seasons of being cold, seasons of being warm, and seasons of being hot. And I'm, I'm in a season of my life at the moment where, thank you God, there, there's a faith in me that's like a fire. There's a love and a passion and desire for Jesus in me like never before. There's a faith in me that's quite unrecognizable to, to many people and also to myself. I remember when the great Vicki Simpson came a couple of months ago and she came and spoke at our church and she kind of just looked at me and she said, what's going on in you? What's happening? What's changed? It's like you've been born again, again. And for me, it's, it's, it's more like nothing's really changed, but it's, it's the who that's changed. Jesus Christ. There's now a love and a passion desire in me for Jesus like never before. He's larger in my life than ever before. He's more encompassing in my thoughts than ever before. He's more established as my, my hope, my anchor, my foundation, my focus than ever before. I'm experiencing his grace and, and kindness like never before. It's overwhelming me. He's Belief in me is stirring me up. His resounding victory on the cross and through the grave is, is literally shaking me more to my core every day and forging in me a faith that is strong and being reinforced daily. And I am convinced that as I continue to position myself to, to seek and to see, to surrender, to sit, with Jesus, that as I make him my, my relentless pursuit every day, that the heat of his life, the, the warmth of his love will continue to fill me, get on me, get in me, and then that heat can become like a fire of faith to heat and warm those around me, bringing heat to my family, bringing heat to the groups that I'm a part of in this church community, bringing heat to this team, bringing heat to this community, bringing heat to those in the Pilbara. And I'm just so thankful to him. He's so gracious and so kind. Jesus is the one who has done this in me. And I'm convinced that this faith like a fire, it can be birthed and built in anyone 
and everyone. We, we don't have to think that we're too far gone, that we're, we're unworthy, that we're of no value, that we're too sinful or, or that we're too over-church and, or, or too over-religion or we don't fit in that cookie-cutter box of what it means to be a Christian. I'm convinced that there's no anxiety, there's no circumstance, there's no lockdown, there's no dire situation, no diagnosis that has the power to keep you and I away from the warmth of Jesus' love the heat of Jesus' life that only He can bring. He wants to be the fire that ignites us, that ignites you and I, that, that causes a faith like a fire to be in us. And the heat and the warmth of Jesus, it's ablaze, it's accessible, it's out there. And it's a matter of searching, of seeking, of finding, and then of remaining in Jesus' presence. Does it take effort? Yes. <laughs> Does it take a pushing aside of, of our fleshly desires for comfort and for ease? Absolutely. Is it out of reach? No way. So where do we find this warmth and this heat of Jesus to bring faith like a fire in us? We're going to get to that shortly. But I love how the, the life, the death, the resurrection, all that he has done to bring redemption and new life for anyone who believes, it always has been and always will be a central core foundational focus of the church. And in the letter to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul, he's so encouraged by this faith like a fire that, that, that's found in the people of the church as they've put their trust in Jesus. This church had been birthed, not by Paul, but one of his co-workers, Epaphras. Paul hadn't yet met these people. He hadn't actually visited these churches. He's writing this letter from prison. And although Paul is greatly encouraged by the, the faith of the church, he's also aware of a controversy that's swirling around at the time. There is a great pressure from outside and from within the church to blend this mixture of, of mystical religions, Greek higher thinking, this, this strict J Jewish practices, to blend these things with the good news of Jesus in the hope that this syncretistic kind of melting pot would, would bring a greater and long-lasting maturity for the people. People thought that that would be the reality. I'm going to unpack those things a little bit more next week. And so with all of this in the mix, Paul pens this letter. And he wants to come back to the foundation, to the core, to the absolute non-negotiable reason for this new life in God that people have experienced, this faith like a fire that was in the people. And he's writing this letter to make a statement, a strong, unequivocal and impactful statement. He doesn't want anyone left with any doubt as to the way to life to the full. And so who do you think Paul repeats 35 times in a letter consisting of four small chapters? It's Jesus. And what summarizes this letter so beautifully is this poem that he writes in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, that, that talks about the centrality, the supremacy of Jesus. And to help us to kind of get into that space of, of the early believers in the church, and I, I, I'm going to attempt to read this poem in the original Koine Greek, the original Greek that it was written in and read out in. I've just completed an initial New Testament Greek unit in my studies, I'm a work in progress, 
please bear with me. I'm going to read it in the Greek and then I'm going to read it in English. And then I want to read a portion of N.T. Wright's book, Paul, a biography that will enable us to get more context to this poem. Are we ready? All right, get your Greek on. Hosesten icon to Theo Oratu. Prototokos passes to Sios. Hoti en oto ectiste panta en tois oranois, kai epitesges, taharata, kai ta orata, eti thronoi, eti kiriotetes, eti ake, eti exusai, panta dioto kaes oton ectistai. Kaiotos estem pro panton, kai panta en oto sinesteken. Kaiotos estem he kafali tasamatos, tes ecclesias, hos estem he ake prototokos ecton necron, hina genetai en pasen otos protuom, hoti en oton urokesen panta pleroma katoikesai, kai dioto apakalaxai, Ta panta es oton irionō posas dia to hamatas ta stora oto di oto eti ta epites ges eti ta en tois oranois. Okay, how do we go there? Let's read in English. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. N.T. Wright on this poem. Indeed, part of the meaning of this poem is precisely that it's written by someone in prison. It is, in other words, inviting those who read it or pray it to imagine a different world from the one they see all around them, a world with a different Lord, a world in which the one true God rules and rescues, a world in which a new sort of wisdom has been unveiled, a world in which there is a different way to be a human. Wisdom is, in fact, the subtext of much of Colossians. Hey, we've just covered wisdom we wish we knew through Proverbs. As always... Paul wants people to learn to think, not simply to imbibe rules and principles to learn by heart, but to be able to grow up as genuine humans, experiencing all the wealth of definite understanding and coming to the knowledge of God's mystery. All this will happen as they realize that it is Jesus himself who reveals that mystery. The Messiah himself is the place where they are to find all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And further on, just a little bit more from N.T. Wright. He says that the, the Apostle Paul is invoking and celebrating a world in which Jesus, the one through whom all things were made, 
is now the one through whom, by means of his crucifixion, all things are reconciled. This is not, of course, the world that he and his friends can see with the naked eye. They see local officials giving allegiance to Caesar. They see bullying magistrates, threatening officers. They see prisons and torture. But they're now invited to see the world with eyes of faith, the eye that has learnt to look through the lens of Scripture and see Jesus. I love that last bit. See with eyes of faith. See Jesus. Amidst what's going on around us, amidst the circumstance, amidst the pain, amidst the challenges that we're facing, Jesus can be seen. Jesus can be found. Jesus can be encountered. Back then he could be, and today in 2021, in your life and in my life. And so good people, let's come back to this simple endeavor of seeking and seeing Jesus. When we're feeling cold in our faith or when we're hot, Jesus is the heat. He is the fire that will never go out and will keep us warm. And so we're going to take a moment right now just to reflect on Jesus, on who he is, on all that the poem in Colossians 1, 15 to 20 writes about. And so I want you to maybe think about that scripture, read that scripture as, as, as we have a reflection moment and maybe focus on one of those characteristics of him. And, and to help us do that in this moment, the incredible worship team is going to lead us in a song. And then we'll come back and finish off the message and I'll have a special guest with me. That was awesome. Thank you, wonderful team. Karen. Hi. You are with Hi. me. <laughs> I am. That I is am. awesome. Well, after the beautiful poem in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, Paul writes some, some pretty incredible things as well. Yeah. And so, Karen, you're going to read verses 21 to 24 of Colossians 1 for us? I am. Here we go. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Awesome. Thank you. Paul outlines here God's plan in Christ for you and I. He wants us to become holy, to be without blemish, to be free of accusation. And this happens initially as we repent, as we confess our need for Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And in that moment, we're saved, we're forgiven, we're set free. And then it's a process. It's a journey. It's a day-by-day sanctifying as you and I become more like Jesus. God's plan is outworked at the beginning, through every stage, and at the end, in and through Jesus. Our responsibility, your responsibility, Karen, my responsibility, (laughs) is to continue is to be established, Mm. is to stand firm, is to not move from that position of closeness to Jesus. And often as Christians, I don't know about you, but for me, I I, I view Jesus as kind of the entry point. 
the circuit breaker, the, the starter of all things good for us. And then once we kind of find our feet as Christians, we can kind of move on to more deeper and sophisticated matters. Let's be clear. Jesus is the, the entry point. He is the circuit breaker. He is the starting point, the, the way to God, the way to intimacy with God for us. But we're selling him short if we stop there. And it's so pivotal that you and I seek and see Jesus, that we go to him to receive the warmth and the heat and the life that he brings. And then we sit, we remain, not for a moment, but for our lives. Jesus wants to be sought after. He wants to be seen. He wants to be encountered. He wants to be remained in. So where and how do we find the warmth, the heat, that only Jesus can bring so that a faith like a fire can build in us. And I love how our church has this beautiful purpose statement in these purpose circles, Karen. Yes. That make it so easy for us, right? Yeah. Tell nice us about the purpose circles. We have three circles in our purpose circles. Mm. And in the very center, the middle circle, yeah. first circle is Jesus, yeah. of course. Come on. Jesus Christ Center. gives life to the full, so we live it and we share it. it. And then that middle circle? The second circle, we have prayer, Bible, and discipleship community. Absolutely. Beautiful. And so they, this is the, the, the how. If Jesus is yeah. the why, this second circle is the how. Yeah. And these are tried and tested. I don't know, we don't need to look for any other ways. Jesus modeled these ways. Bible, prayer, discipleship, community. Mm. The church, the early church in Acts was built on the foundation of these three things. And the history of Christianity, the history of the church up until this moment has been built on these three endeavors. The middle circle. The middle circle. Prayer, Bible, discipleship, community. Jesus is at the center and how we connect with him, these Jesus-seeking, these Jesus-seeing, these Jesus-remaining opportunities, they are through that middle circle. And I wanted to quickly highlight the discipleship community element component with you, babe. Yeah. Um, there are so many opportunities in our church community for discipleship, for yes. connection, to be a part of of a discipleship community. There are groups which we've been running this semester and will run in semester yep. two, there are Sunday gatherings. There's Insta Live prayer on Tuesday mornings. And another one of these incredible opportunities is, is being part of an impact trip through our Beyond Missions. And we've just recently been on a team. We have. Up to the we, Pilbara. We got it in there, didn't we? We did get it in got there. Got up which, there, got down, which all is, good. Which is awesome. I just <laughs> want to ask you about, about that, that team and being yeah. part of, of that trip. So what was your motivation other than because I pretty much make you go, um, for, for heading up to the Pilbara? Uh, I, I love going up. I, for me, it's about I believe God has partnered us at Hepburn Heights with C3 Jigalong. They're part of our family. And so I want to go and see them and love them and serve them and see what God's doing up there. And I love going up there with you every year. It's amazing. Yeah. And, our, and our kids. Um, where did you encounter Jesus on the trip? Well, I'll, I'll give you one. There's probably lots, but uh, I, I just love being in church. I love Sunday services in C3 Jigalong. Mm. Walter and Lennis 
just they amaze the me. Of the church. Yes, sorry. They, um, they've chosen to follow Jesus, to set themselves apart, mm. to live a life to the full. Yeah. And I love seeing that. I love seeing that outworked on a Sunday, them gathering their people, sometimes just yelling out, Oi, Yadani, <laughs> come, come here. Come. Um, so cool. And I, I just love worshipping and, and hearing the word of God in that place with them. It's so precious. And I know Jesus is there. And how is how is faith like a fire being built in you through being a part of this trip? Yeah, just uh, seeing what God is doing there and knowing that he has so much more. Every year we've been, we see God move, we see God touching their lives and it's just exciting because it feels like that there's more. We know there's mm, more. Mm. And so I'm full of faith. We're full of faith that God is oh, yeah. moving in the Pilbara and C3 Jigalong is a key part of what he's doing. So super exciting. Absolutely. Can we thank Karen? Can we? Shall I? No, that's weird. Don't clap yourself. See you, babe. <laughs> Bye. You can head. <laughs> the second circle of our purpose circles. Uh, seeking Jesus, seeing Jesus, remaining in Jesus opportunities. They're habits that can position us for the warmth of his love and the heat of his life, the empowering that he can bring by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that can cause and will cause a, a faith like a fire to rise up in us and flow into others. And so this week, what does that prayer moment look like for you? Does it look like a, a prayer walk? Are you sitting in your favorite chair? What does it sound like? Is worship playing in your home? Are you praying with a friend or with your spouse or with your kids? What does that time in the Bible look like? Maybe Colossians 1, 15 to 20, that beautiful poem, is something that, that we can open up and we can read every day. And, and we can see a, a different characteristic, a different aspect of who Jesus is. And we can meditate and sit and, and thank Jesus who he is. Maybe it's reading a proverb every day, which Pastor Jace has, has talked about in previous weeks. And what, is, what does it look like to step into discipleship community this week? That phone call, that catch up, that discussion, that conversation about what is, what is Jesus doing in your life? How is Jesus impacting you? What's helping you to, to get the warmth and the heat of Jesus, to get a faith like a fire in you. Have those conversations this week. Get connected this week. We're going to unpack those a little bit more next week. Let's position ourselves, amazing church community, this week to seek and to see Jesus, to allow his heat, his warmth to mesmerize us again, to warm us again. He's there and he's waiting. And so, God, we. Open our hearts to you today. We invite you close. We make a decision this week to position ourselves, to seek and to see Jesus. I pray that revelation would come. I pray that those of us who are cold would, would, would feel the warmth of your love, Jesus, and the, the heat of your life, that we would be empowered afresh by you, that we would grow in our knowledge of you, would fall in love with you again, that, God, you would be our focus and our foundation, Lord God. And no matter what's happening around us, God, we thank you that faith like a fire would rise up in your people so that we can be hope givers, bringers of love, 
for those around us. Do what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.